there's a beautiful teaching that says that somebody who's made mistakes and corrected them is of a much higher level than somebody who's never made mistakes because that process actually makes you more powerful. Welcome to Spiritually Hungry. Still summer edition. Correct. So today we're going to talk about something called chuva, which literally means to return and discuss forgiveness. Clearly, it's a topic that's not unique to only those who study Kabbalah. It's a universal concept that is vital to our growth as humans. So at this time of year, we're called to take a long look at our past and appraise ourselves and our behavior. It's like an accounting and look at things we wish we hadn't done, think about things we wish we had done. And we don't often realize how much time, energy, light, potential we've lost in one given year. We can only go back as much as we think we've lost. So imagine I lent you a thousand dollars, okay? but then I forgot that I lent it to you and you can't, then I can't get it back because I didn't acknowledge that I ever gave it to you in the first place. Right? So it would be lost on me. It would be lost altogether. It's the same Unless thing. Unless I was a trustworthy person who turned things <laughs> they borrowed. It's the same thing here. If we think we only did a small amount of harm or we, only made a few mistakes, but for the most part, everything's great, then that's going to limit how many additional new blessings, growth, potential, et cetera, we can bring forth in this coming year. So a question for you, Michael, do you have any regrets about the last year? You're probably thinking probably relationships is where you went in your head. But <laughs> really? I'm just um, yes. Actually, I've actually never asked you that question ever. In all actually, it's, it's something I spoke about a few days ago in the lecture that I gave, and I think it's a very important idea. I said specifically your regret. Yes, 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 yes. This past year was not as powerful as... Did I touch a card? (laughs) No, you just cut me off before I put (laughs) what I wanted to say. And now I have to say something else. (laughs) All right, say what you want to say. Yes, okay, good. Thank you. The listeners really want to know personally what your regret was. I appreciate your permission to Uh share what I want to share. I probably didn't take what I was going to say. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) <laughs> well, are we going to quote no, my lecture ahead. from this past no, week? No, because I didn't hear you talk about your regret this past week. Actually. Okay, so the deep purpose of looking back is to realize that who we are and what our potential was and is, the concept that was called chuvat, which means to return, it's not simply going through a list of our actions this week, this year, and seeing what we needed to change, what we shouldn't have done, what we did do, and um, but rather it was it's about going back to ourselves that we did not live to our fullest potential this year, that the disparity between the life that we lived this year, even if we did good things, important things, big big things, compared to our true potential, uh, there's a great disparity, and that's the real purpose of this process of chuba. Yeah, I love that idea. I don't think people often think about returning to themselves when they think about regret or mistakes. We think about change. We think about incremental change, kind of what we want to edit about ourselves, how we want to improve. And self-improvement, self-help is very far from, I think, what we're talking about here specifically, especially at this unique, unique time of the year. So I know it's a summer edition, but there's six steps, as I see it, to this chuba process. Um, write them down. <laughs> I still want to hear your regret at the end of it, but because I was because technically there's three steps. 
What meaning? That the like in the books they write about three steps. And what are those three? Feeling bad for the past, accepting a change for the future, and being in the same situation, not making the same mistake. Yeah. So I've covered all those, but what I've done is I've added three more nice. to help people get to those three. Great. So I guess you could say one, two, three, but each one has A, B, C. Nice. Like a true Virgo. Okay, so the first one is review. This step should hurt a little bit. For example, if, I don't think this ever, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, I haven't asked you this either, but when you're dozing off to sleep and all of a sudden like you get jolted awake. Yeah, because, actually, I actually looked it up once as a medical reason for what's happening, right? But you feel like you're falling or something. Well, yeah, but this is more like your heart hurts and you're like, oh my God, I did that thing or. Oh, you, you just re actually remember something, not you. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, you remember something and you feel the pain of that. And you go back and you're like, you feel a little shame or a little embarrassment and you replay that in your head. So basically this step kind of needs to have that component where you feel a little bit of the pain from the past with the idea that you will then not do it in the future. And for me, this part is really powerful is not to underestimate the gravity of an act that hurts no one else but you. So often when we think about, again, how did I hurt somebody? What could I have done better? It's all in this realm of like, usually it's it's external, it's outward. But if we think about how we didn't show up for ourselves, right? Who we were meant to be, what we were meant to do in that year. Maybe you were supposed to write a book last year. Maybe you were supposed to do whatever that is, but you didn't actually recognize that and therefore didn't show up for yourself. That's really, when I'm doing this step in the chuba process, that's really, of course, first and foremost, how did I hurt others? But then really the deeper part for me is to go to that place. In what ways did I turn away from myself? How did I hurt myself? The second, which could be two and three together, is practice empathy, which is put yourself in somebody else's shoes and see how your actions hurt them. Because in life, there's no experience that we go through that we don't see through our own lens first and foremost. And it is an added step. It's really a conscious effort to see, okay, how did that person feel when I did this? And that's a way to also repair. Be compassionate, which is mean, meaning to put atonement into action. So it's not about clearing your name. It's not about justifying. It's not going back to that person in hopes that you're you know, going to clarify everything. It's really just to kind of be quiet and hear what they have to say and have your heart open. And you actually said something to me a few weeks ago that was so powerful that especially in this time of year, it's really important to not, if somebody comes to you and, and gives you a piece of their mind, to just take it kind of silently and hear what they're saying. Yeah. No, the capitalists say that, that it's one of the tools that we can use in this month is to actively hear people say negative things about us and not respond to it. The fourth is to connect to your perfected self. And so this is a whole bigger idea, but we know Kabbalistically before anything comes into being, there's a moment of perfection that preceded it. So, you know, before a baby takes its first breath, there is that moment of inception, right? That moment that proceeded before a flower blooms. There's another, you know, there's a step that was perfect. Rav Ashlag, the Kabbalist, gives an example of if you're building a home, right? You have the idea of what that's going to look like. You know exactly how it's going to be. You buy the land. You know what it's going to look like, which corner you're going to sit and read in, where you're going to watch the sunset, et cetera. And in your mind, it's perfect. Now, of course, process, right? Building it, constructing it, there's delays, it's, it turns out it's messy. 
it's not what you expected, but in your mind, right? It's, it is perfect and eventually we'll get there. And really we're all in the middle of that process in our lives, but there's still a perfected version of ourselves. Not that we're meant to be perfect, but that version exists. So it's really tapping into what that looks like. And I don't think people give a lot of thought into that day to day. I mean, maybe one time, maybe this time of year, but not every day. Right. And you're saying that's part of the process of chuba. Well, yeah, it's part of it because if you don't know where you're going, you're not really going to get there, right? It's like the vision you want to have of yourself going into this new year of what you're going to look like. I think that if you don't do that, it's kind of like you're cutting your days, really, because you're not fully living any of them. So I think it's important to then, with that idea of your perfected self, look back at your last year and really say, okay, how much of my time, my days, were with that consciousness? Did I live those days? And I think it does inform the future. I'm such how people do that practically, right? Well, I think practically you could journal. Who do you want to be? What is your essence? Each year, clarify a goal and envision the actualized you manifesting that goal. Visualize your character, your outlook, your narrative, your inner essence, and then use this to gauge how far you have to go. Because if you make that list and then you look at how you're spending your time each day, it becomes super clear. And then the the last question there is, and this is, you have to be honest with yourself, is your present daily progress enough to create the reality of your envisioned self and your envisioned future? So I think it's very practical, this little journal thing. Then there's forgiveness. I think we waste so much of our time and our days holding on to hurt and resentment. And it's just like, it steals our life, really. So when it comes to forgiveness, I, I love this idea. Imagine that you had $604,800 in your bank account and somebody comes along and steals $20. Would you then spend the rest of your money that you had in the bank and your time and your energy chasing that person that stole $20 from you? No. No. Nobody would, right? Now, $604,800 represents, I think you know this now because you've heard me say it before. Seconds in a week? Yes. So. If somebody comes over, I know this is your favorite example of what happens, slaps you across the face, and then took what, three seconds? But let's say 20 seconds, you had an interaction, somebody's telling you off, you read something about yourself that's not favorable, Instagram, whatever, and you allow that to then steal the remainder seconds of that week, right? It would be ridiculous and foolish, but this is how most of us live our lives. So... When we hold on to hurt, and the simplest remedy, right, to to that is to forgive. Somebody hurt you, somebody misunderstood you, somebody judged you is to practice forgiveness, which is the hardest thing to do. And I saw this displayed so beautifully in a movie called The Light Between the Oceans. This one scene struck me so completely that I've I've quoted it before. And the husband and the wife are having a conversation and she turns to him and she said, you know, how are you always so happy? You've had such a difficult life. You've been hurt by so many, so many have wronged you, but you always are able to see the goodness in people. You're able to be happy. And he turns to her and he says, to forgive, you only have to do it once. To resent, you have to do it all day, every day. You have to keep remembering the bad things. It's too much work. It's just so powerful because if we really believe that everything happens to us happens for a reason and we're in the middle of a process, then you'd be able to allow yourself to forgive much more readily. Because if not, you're stealing away from yourself, nobody else. Absolutely. And the last step is release it. Because when we become a fully (coughs) changed person, 
we don't have to hold on to the things that happen to us. What's the difference between forgiving and releasing? Because releasing is when you've changed so completely, you know you're not going to make the same mistake again. Oh, you're talking about, okay, so not others, not forgiving others, but... Forgiving yourself. You know, there was one woman that I spoke to and she had made a mistake like 20 years before she had an abortion and now she's at a stage where she can't have children and so she's just stuck in that choice and she can't get past it. But basically she's not fully living her life because she's stuck in that repeat, that past choice that she made and she can't forgive herself. But if you become a different person, right, and you can trust yourself to make different choices and not make the same ones that maybe you feel that you made a mistake about, then you don't have to hold on to anything because now you're fully a different person. And I've shared this with you before, but when we had Josh, you know, I was so anxious the first month or two. I mean, I was terrified, really, that I couldn't even, I was too nervous to eat. I couldn't even hold anything in. And you know, a few years before that I was anorexic. So imagine I'm I'm very pregnant, healthy, pregnant woman. And then a month later, I'm underweight and I look really not healthy. And there are all these whispers around me. Oh, she has an eating disorder again. She has anorexia again. And for a second, I was like, wait, w- what's going on? I understand that my appearance was shocking. But then I realized, I said, no, I'm not that person. I will never have that again because I have different tools. I have different ways to express myself. I've learned to love myself. So I was... I'm fully, I'm not scarred by my, the eating disorder I had. I'm not scarred by those experiences. I know now that I'm a different person and that I can handle things in a different way. Nice. So that's the sixth step, chuva process. So what was your biggest regret in the past year? I think it's always around, you know, sort of taking opportunities, either help or even share with other people either things that I think they need to change or things that I could have uh, gone out of my way in helping more. I think that for me, that's the bit, that's always there of, uh, of, of regret. Meaning I should really? have said something or I should, you know, I shouldn't have said something. Usually it's, usually it's more the act of omission, meaning not, not uh, pushing myself to say things that, that should be said because I think the other person might be uncomfortable by them. That's interesting. I wouldn't have known that actually. I, I pushed you to tell me something. Last week, remember we had that conversation? Which one? The one. We were in our office and I had just finished recording something and I was having a super good day and then we got on a topic that you didn't want to have and it was uncomfortable for you and I pushed you to have the conversation. Oh, okay, okay. And I remember. And uh, and I'm really happy we had that conversation. I'm happy that I forced you to speak your mind. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's all she wrote. Can I share something about Shuba? Sure. I was waiting. <laughs> what one of the really important Kabbalistic understandings of the process of looking back, and it could be over a year, over a week, or over a day, is the understanding. It's we don't just do it. I think often people think about, you know, call the word repentance, which is a very sort of strange word. But the understanding is that anytime somebody does something they shouldn't have done, yelled at somebody acted selfishly, hurt somebody else. They're actually taking their life force, a part of their soul, and they're putting it in a dark place. And when you go through a process of looking back and feeling bad about that, making amends if you can, you're actually taking back that light of your soul that you stuck in a negative place, and now it comes back to you. So it's not actually a negative process where, oh, I feel bad I did that. It's actually a process of 
clawing back your energy, your soul. You become a more full person when you go through this process of looking back and making amends. And that's why there's a beautiful teaching that says that somebody who's made mistakes and corrected them is of a much higher level than somebody who's never made mistakes. Because that process actually makes you more powerful. So, a parable that's often used by the sages about the process of chuvai, it's like, like a guy who's cleaning a person who's, who's got the, the gift to clean the palace of the king, right? So, and he's smiling, he's so happy because he never gets to go to the palace. He finally gets to, even though he's cleaning, his job is to clean up the garbage, but he finally gets to be around the king, finally gets to be in the palace. So, the idea is that when we, go, when we are going through this process of chuvai, we're going through this process of, of cleaning ourselves internally, it's not just that we go back to, to where we were before we made the mistake. We actually get to a place where we're more elevated. So therefore, I would really uh, encourage all of us to take the opportunity of this process, maybe this time of year, but really any time in our lives, any time in our day, any time in our week, if we become aware, and it's important to take the time to, to look back at our day and our week and our month and our year, but realize it's not just a good thing to do, a spiritual thing to do. It actually empowers you. It actually makes you a more elevated person, more powerful person. Yeah, it's really powerful. How would you practically tell people to do that? Well, again, so use the example. Let's say I yelled at you today, right? So mm -hmm. if I have the, under the consciousness that, that now I'm not, let's say I took 1% 1, 1 of my energy and I put it in that yelling. So that 1% of me is now called in bondage. It's in a dark place. If I go back to you and say, you know, I realize I shouldn't have yelled at you. I really, I'm, I'm sorry. Can you forgive me? And I actually, in that moment, I'm actually taking back. So now I'm back to be the whole me. And now rather than 99% of me, I'm now 100% of me. And every, every step of that, every time I do that with different people, even if I do it in my own mind, I'm taking back my power. I'm taking back my energy. You I'm taking fully, back my soul. fully feel it, obviously, wholeheartedly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's a very powerful thing. And because I think sometimes, again, people have... A negative connotation. Oh, I have to look back and look at my my mistakes, or it's I have to feel painful. bad about what I did. Actually, what it is, it's it's one of the most empowering processes that you need to go through. Otherwise, we have scattered parts of ourselves, of our essence, of our soul, in places that don't support us. Because we're actually taking back our energy, taking it, taking back, and making our soul full. And then you feel the residue of that pain. Yeah, carry it with you. But more importantly, you have the the, the yourself back, right? You have a hundred percent of yourself back. Before the error. Even more elevated than before right. the error. Yeah. So, um, even though we're still in the summer, it's still the time, I think, a good time for our listeners to take the opportunity of this time, this, oh, this time in, in the year, to look back at their day, their week, their month, their year, and know that in doing so, in doing so, you're actually taking back your power and taking back your soul. So I think it's a good opportunity for me to say I'm sorry for anything that I may have done. <laughs> Never. <laughs> yeah, why not? Sure. sure. <laughs> so we hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as we enjoyed recording. <laughs> Maybe it. more than we enjoyed recording. <laughs> <laughs> and continue to enjoy your summer beginning of the year. A few weeks left. Stay spiritually hungry. <laughs> <laughs>